It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. Today in the Word, we are in Mark chapter number 4. And Mark chapter 4, Jesus begins to speak in parables. Now, it's very similar to what was going on over in Matthew chapter 13 when we were going through that book. And remember, a parable is a lot of ways we could describe it, but think of it this way. It's an earthly story that speaks of a heavenly truth. And a parable is not an illustration per se, because a parable is kind of designed almost to uh, keep people a little bit in the dark. Now, that may seem counterintuitive, but I think Jesus spoke in parables because when he put the parable out there, he knew it was only those who truly had a spiritual desire and concern that would dig a little deeper to really come to the meaning of what he was saying. Those who were careless, who didn't care about spiritual things whatsoever, they'd probably hear that parable and just walk on. And so there's a lot that we can glean from the Lord in a public context, but man, the Lord desires us to draw near and to get closer to him and to get in his word and to really learn from him that way as well. So we're going to talk about one parable in particular today, and it's a very short parable. It's the parable of the mustard seed, and we find it in Mark chapter 4 and verse 30. Says, and he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It's like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, it's less than all the seeds that are in the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up, and it becomes greater than all herbs, and shoots out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. And with many such parables spoke he the word to them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable he spoke not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. So once again, that outward display of truth that he really desires to draw in with his disciples to a closer level of understanding. So he said this parable is, it's like almost like Jesus is searching in his mind and he's saying, hmm, what is the best way for me to explain to you the kingdom of God? And how can I compare it? So I want to start by really just a little bit of an explanation when we're talking about the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? What's well, a spiritual kingdom? The Jews were expecting Jesus to come as the Messiah, as a conquering king and overthrow the Romans. But Jesus said to them, no, the spirit of the, of the kingdom of God is within you. So the kingdom of God in this age is within us. Now, I believe the kingdom of God will be manifest physically one day when Christ returns to this earth and he sets his kingdom up, a premillennial return of Christ, which is what I believe prophetically. So I do believe but, but that that will take place. But in the context of this parable, he's saying, you know, the kingdom of God is within you. Over in Romans, Paul said that the kingdom of God is righteousness and joy and peace uh, in the Holy Ghost or in the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus is saying, how can I explain the kingdom of God to you? It's, it's like Jesus is saying, how can I explain how you best live for me and serve me? How can I best explain to you what God desires in your life spiritually? Man, in the, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God desires his will through our lives on earth to be reflective of his heavenly values or principles. That's what the kingdom of God is. And so these parables are Jesus explaining different manifestations of the kingdom and how we live for him. 
And in this one, he compares the kingdom of God to a mustard seed. Now in it, he uses a little hyperbole. He says the mustard seed is the smallest. I believe he says here, it's less than all the seeds that are in the earth. Well, actually there are smaller seeds than the mustard seed. And then he said it grows up and becomes the greatest of all herbs. So it is a very, very small seed. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of these seeds come together to make one ounce. So yeah, this is an extremely small seed. And mustard seed plants or shrubs have been seen, or trees have been seen to grow to 10, even to 15 feet. So I think what Jesus is doing here, he's showing the great potential that there is in the mustard seed, perhaps maybe greater than potential of, of any seed of herb. And so he's using this hyperbole to say, you know what, man, the smallest of seeds can become one of the greatest of plants. And so a few things we see about this seed, which is really principles of the kingdom of God. Number one, it's insignificant. And a mustard seed is not impressive, doesn't look like much. Uh, the kingdom of God is insignificant. It can be overlooked. I mean, your life for Christ can seem insignificant to many people. It can feel overlooked. It can feel unappreciated. Well, that's what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God didn't come with armies marching in on Jerusalem. No, the kingdom of God came with uh, a baby born in a manger. Pretty insignificant way. Uh, that song says, what a strange way to save the world, right? What a pretty insignificant entrance. So if you feel insignificant sometimes in your life for Christ and you're wondering, does it really matter? Is it worth the commitment? You know what? That's a normal way to feel because that is the humility of the kingdom of Christ. That's why Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Okay, so it's insignificant, but it doesn't stay that way because he says um, it grows up. It grows up and it becomes the greatest of all herbs. So God's kingdom, you know, it's insignificant to men, but it's a growing kingdom. And that growth is expected. I love it that throughout um, Jesus's teachings in the New Testament, the epistles, really throughout the Bible, you see that God always has a priority on growth. God's design and his intention for things are that they grow. Healthy things grow. Uh, healthy things grow, whether that's a plant like a mustard seed, um, whether that's a church, healthy churches grow. They grow numerically. Um, they grow in their outreach. They grow in their uh, spiritual impact on others. Um, people grow, right? Our spiritual lives grow. The Bible, when we first come to Christ, the Bible describes us as babes in Christ. But what's his desire for us? He wants us to grow into maturity, into the fullness of the stature of Christ, he says over in Ephesians chapter number four. So God's expectation is that things grow. So what is the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God is something that can appear very insignificant to man, but you know what? It's something that God intends to grow. And so immediately, even though we're in the explanation part of this passage, man, immediately I start asking myself this question, am I growing? Is my spiritual life growing? Am I reflecting the values of God's kingdom? Am I becoming more Christ-like? Am I and my outreach extension, is it reaching more people? So it's a growing thing, but when it grows, what happens? It becomes influential. And that's why we're salt and light in this earth. It says it grows, it becomes greater than all herbs. And then it says it shoots out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. Now there's a little bit of a difference of 
opinion on here on what that means, the fowls of the air. Because you have, first of all, earlier in one of the parables, it described the bird in the parable as being satanic and coming and eating up the seed. So some people say, well, this is really talking about a false kingdom growth. Well, I think that's a short-sighted interpretation because really you see several examples of parables or illustrations in the Old Testament that explain the growth of a kingdom and the fowls lodging under it as a... Um, an illustration of influence. For example, Ezekiel 31, verse 3 says, Behold, the Assyrian was a cedar in Lebanon with fair branches and with a shadowing shroud and of a high stature, and his top was among the thick bows. The waters made him great. The deep set him up on high with her rivers running round about his plants and sent out her little rivers unto all the trees of the field. Therefore, his height was exalted above all the trees of the field, his bows were multiplied, his branches became long because of the multitude of the waters when he shot forth. Now, verse 6 says this, All the fowls of heaven made their nests in his bows, and under his branches did all the beasts of the field bring forth their young, and under his shadow dwelt all great nations. So there's an example where it talks about this um, growth or the growth of uh, a kingdom being influential. And in the uh, example there of Assyria, talk about how all the nations looked up to Assyria and found shelter under it. But then you also, in Daniel chapter 4, uh, there was a dream that Daniel was interpreting. And in Daniel 4, verse 20, he said, The tree that you saw which grew and was strong, whose height reached to the heaven and the sight thereof to all the earth, whose leaves were fair and the fruit much, and in it was meat for all, under which, here it goes again, the beasts of the field dwelt, and upon whose branches the fowls or the birds of the heaven had their habitation. It is you, O king, that are grown and become strong, for your greatness is grown and reaches to heaven and your dominion to the ends of the earth. So we see there two examples in the Old Testament of a bush or a branch that is growing, and in that growth we see that there is um, a lodging place for the birds of heaven. Now, in that example, we had two earthly kingdoms, but I wanted you to see one back in Ezekiel chapter 17, where God kind of plays off of that same story, but he's talking about um, himself in this example. So look at Ezekiel 17. I'll read it to you in verse 22, and uh, flipping around a lot this morning. Ezekiel 17, 22 says this, Thus says the Lord God, I will also take of the highest branch of the high cedar and will set it. I will crop off from the top of his young twigs a tender one, and I will plant it upon a high mountain and eminent. In the mountain of the height of Israel will I plant it, and it shall bring forth bows and bear fruit and be a good cedar, and under it shall dwell all the fowls or the birds of every wing. In the shadow of the branches there they shall dwell, and all the trees of the field shall know that I, the Lord, have brought down the high tree, have exalted the low tree, have dried up the green tree, and have made dry the dry tree to flourish." I, the Lord, have spoken and have done it. So when you look at the parable, comparing Scripture with Scripture, when he says, you know, the birds of the air find lodging under it, and you compare that kind of figure of speech with Scripture, what you're seeing is he says that the kingdom of God becomes a place of influence. And a place of influence. Churches become influential. People become influential as we serve and we live for Jesus Christ. Now, you don't want to completely discard the fact that in this parable, he did talk about a bird being the devil. And I would just simply say this, always know in whatever growth that takes place in your life for the Lord, um, there's always difficulty that will come with it. 
There's always trouble. There's always opposition. There's always misunderstanding. There's always going to be people and things, sometimes good intentions, sometimes not, that are actually going to be working against the very thing that God is seeking to accomplish in you as a person, as a church, as a family, ultimately as the kingdom of God. So the little things, man, can be the big things in our life. The little things, man, little steps of growth that you take can become huge manifestation in your life. Little moments living on mission. I was thinking today when I was in my closet looking for a shirt to put on, I have an old Awana shirt when I was an Awana leader years ago. Man, I thought about, you know what, little steps of surrender to mission become bigger steps later. I'm a pastor today. My first assignment was I was a class assistant in a kindergarten Sunday school class. Man, little movements on mission you make today, man, God can use for greater good in his kingdom. Little acts of generosity you make can manifest great potential in people's lives. Man, a little prayer that you pray for someone today can result in a major answer in their life. So we just need to grow and be like the mustard seed. Be a mustard seed that takes little steps, but man, God's desire is great things. So the word is this, grow today. Take a step, even a small one, and keep growing every day and expect God to do great things through those mustard seed steps that you take today. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.